1: So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative, we've got your nerd alert. Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all the podcast. And then welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. This week, it's a very special week. Cause we're not gonna learn anything. Because Commander Scott, not here today. It's just me and old Uncle Buck, and we're going to have a good old time. We're not going to learn you nothing. We're just going to have a just have fun. We're going to stay up past our bedtimes, eat drunk, watch rubbish. It's
0: going to be great. Right, uh,
1: uh, uh, the doc?
0: That is correct. Rubbish. Wait, it's correct rubbish. Yes, that's what I said. That is correct rubbish. Uh, uh.
1: Commander Scott is not here this week, it's just myself and the Doc. (coughs) Uh, So let me properly introduce, ladies and gentlemen, my sole and only co-host this week, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean, it's the Doc.
0: This week, in the stupid things I've heard in my film, Class Chronicles.
1: Yay! Our favorite recurring segment, semi-recurring segment.
0: So the semester came to an end and we watched a lot of what I wanted to watch and the last thing I wanted to watch with them was animation cuz animation has come a long way. And so for an animated film we watched the first one we watched was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. First full length, start with. feature length full, animation. Feature length animation. So we watched that. And then to compare it we watched one that um, It's a lesser-known movie. Not a lot of people have seen it. It's kind of a forgotten Disney movie. Translation, Jay wanted to watch it. This this is true. Was it Treasure Planet? No, it was The Other One.
1: The Other One? Yep. The one where where Roseanne
0: is a cow? No.
1: No, not Home on the Range? No? No. You said Forgotten Disney Movies.
0: Atlantis.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Woody loves that one, too atlantis we watched atlantis none of the kids had seen it they really loved it actually it's a good point. um they didn't hate snow white and like when we were talking about i told them watch the background the background never really changes the only thing that changes are the characters like in a scene you know that's being animated the background animation doesn't do anything what what what
1: This is me biting my lip. What?
0: My point, what I was trying to point out is like the animation style. No? Okay. What, John? Say it. You want to say something, say it. Say it. The
1: animation style. So in in Titan AE, or sorry, Atlantis, it's different because.
0: I don't know. Okay. It, It used CG. It was one of the first. We looked, we did some research on it. It was one of the first still hand-drawn animated, like a lot of it was still by hand, but they started to use a lot more CG in the animation with Atlantis.
1: You know what the first CG Disney shot was? Huh. The ballroom in Beating the Beast. Oh, really? That's the, the Beast and Belle are hand-drawn, but the entire background is CG.
0: Okay. Um, but anyway, so we watched those, yeah. and... So we watched these two animated movies because I wanted to end on, like, oh, animation is the one thing we hadn't talked about. We still had a few days left. So I said, you guys want to watch another movie? And they said, yeah. And I said, should we watch a bad movie? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, let's watch a bad live-action Disney movie because I know one. And they're like, okay.
1: (laughs) I know a bunch.
0: (laughs) Right? I told them that too. I said that today or yesterday. I was like, live action Disney wasn't its cup of tea in this era. This was like animation reign supreme for Disney. But they still tried to push out these live action Disney movies, which, yikes. So the movie we watched was The Black Hole. If you're not familiar with it it's awful i'm glad
1: uh, scott's not here to try to defend this movie because it's bad star wars happened and made money and disney said hey we want one of those and the black hole was made and uh that was a mistake and yeah 40 years later just bought star wars
0: so uh this leads me to the stupid thing that i heard in class okay uh, one of my students said that the black hole is the same as Star Wars, and Star Wars is just as bad as the black hole
1: is, Under what criteria none. none. The visual effects
0: were as bad. The story oh, no. was as bad. The this characters is...
1: were as bad. I need I need more input.
0: Yeah, I wish I had more input. But this is, as the kids say these days, an out-of-pocket comment. So it was just like I don't so know if I'm had, using. I don't know if I'm using that correctly.
1: They, they was... had to pay you to, to make the comment.
0: Is that... Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. It was just out of nowhere. They had nothing to defend it. They had no back up to it it's just oh this is just stupid and i was like no no this is you guys have complained about all these movies we watched all year saying how bad they were now we watch the black hole and you guys are like oh this is a bad movie yeah you get it
1: see now i'm here trying to remember if troll 2 has nudity in it i don't think it does Jay, I think I know the new final film you need to show all of your classes. <laughs> hey you guys want to watch a bad movie? Well, I'm gonna watch the you for Life. Oh, we can't watch the room.
0: No, that has new. To it. You can watch the edited for TV version, but I don't know where you get a hold of that. I think I think I'm gonna stick with the black hole because I think it does a good job of just this is bad. This is what happens when you try to copy a movie.
1: Um, hmm. Now I was going to say we got to do a Roger Corman movie, but those all have
0: nudity, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will give this I will give this student credit though, even though they made this offhand comment and were completely way off, way off the the idea. Um, they did say, "Could you imagine paying money to see this in theaters?" <laughs> Commander
1: Scott, kid. But he's not here. So, uh, well, that's and that's what I asked for. For for, can you give me more? Because like, here's the thing: a statement like that, it's as bad as Star Wars. I don't automatically jump to like jump down your throat. You're wrong, whatever. But my immediate thought is okay. Quantify that statement. It's as bad as Star Wars. How? Like,
0: was it yeah? You the story? Can, you can,
1: you can, you can, yeah, you can make an argument like yeah, the visual effects look as bad as Star Wars. Because if you're a kid now and you're watching the original cut of Star Wars, yeah, those effects are dated. They are. plain and simple. To us, excuse me, to us old people, we love that because it reminds us of the old school way of doing effects. But to modern audiences, we don't give a shit. And have grown up with CGI. It looks bad. So that's your argument. Sure, you can make that case. Okay, cool. It's as bad as Star Wars. Like Again, it's like, I need more because that isn't necessarily a wrong statement and you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want but you have to back up
0: your opinion not
1: but just well
0: because um also shout out to uh my coworker cody uh he he i mentioned him on the podcast one other time and he's like (laughs) what you can't Mr. Codorama making copies he's like what you can't mention my name anyway Cody Cody, and we were talking about. He's like, "What are you guys watching in film?" Because he's really interested in it. And he go, "I said the black hole." And the two times he walked in while we were watching it, he forgot that it was called the black hole. And he walked in and said, "Oh, the dark hole." And I said, "No, no, that's a different movie, Cody. That's a different one. I can't I show I
1: the, dark, the hole. Wrong dark hole."
0: We can't can't show the dark hole.
1: Dark crystal black hole. Don't get them mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> the black
0: crystal no no you didn't ooh,
1: ooh. Uh, well uh salute to commander cody as we're gonna refer to him now thanks for listening to the show but uh and you know i've been dubbing uh farting around with the idea of doing like an online adult film studies thing so maybe we'll get commander cody in because there's a way i don't know how to do it because i'm not technical enough but there's a way where i can like stream movies in a a, a private server and we can all just log on and watch movies together i've done Uh, it with bob a couple times but
0: i thought that'd be fun what's the only my only my only recommendation would be to maybe rephrase that because an online adult film study um that's how I get people to sign up. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, like a, online adult, adult, film adult
1: collectibles I have, which are just expensive toys, but they call them adult
0: collectibles. <laughs> adult film study. You're going to have some doozies.
1: You'll have. Yes. Some... I, hey, I'll do a course on that. I'll have to do some research, but I'll do a course on that. It's going to be <laughs> terrible research. I don't want to ah uh, there okay. is actually okay we're way off topic i don't even care anymore so uh, uh uncle joe bob joe bob Briggs, uh, the best movie critic in the business uh he has a book called profoundly disturbing it's 10 movies show so shocking they change cinema and there's a a like companion book to that um oh and i forget the title um so this is profoundly disturbing uh shocking movies that changed the world and it has a follow-up called uh anyway um it's called like profoundly erotic or something like that but it's uh movies so sexy or whatever they change the world and it's, it's about you know like erotica and um Sorry, Super fell And uh, uh, um, exploitation movies and and the impact that those have all had on on cinema. I can't find that because they're both out of print. I got lucky when I found that one. But anyway, back on topic, which isn't much of a topic today. Today, here's the deal. So by the time this episode airs, we're in kind of a weird in-between. Christmas is over. New Year hasn't hit yet. So when this airs, we'll be gearing up for New Year's Eve. I think this will air on the 28th, I think. Uh, so what we're doing today, it's not quite New Year's, but it is on the show today. We're taking a look back at 2023. That was uh, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, what was cool, what sucked. Um, and we're going to get specific. We have some categories. This is kind of an award show, kind of a look back, kind of a weird combination of all those things. We're going to talk about movies we loved and hated, TV and streaming we loved and hated, Uh, our coolest nerdy experience our favorite convention experience i got a surprise topic i'm gonna throw a jay mid-show see what he comes up with uh but that being said is there anywhere you'd
0: like to start jay no you we can jump all around you kick us off with whatever you want and we'll go from there
1: well then let's just dive in the deep end uh let's talk movies of 2023 and good god what a year it was and wasn't for movies uh as you know I'm a big movie guy. Uh, I like movies. I love going to the movies. I know, right? I keep it hidden. I keep it hidden. Um, Here's a fun visual for when I eventually never post this on YouTube. Uh, I keep all my movie stubs when I go to the theater. I mean all my movie stubs, And I I have since about uh, junior high, high school. Um, I've been to 35 movies this year. Jeez. in the theater uh i i would say 36 but i haven't actually seen aquaman 2 yet uh but i already have my ticket for friday uh so and that's not to say i won't see some more in between and that's that's i'm not counting seeing movies multiple times or buying multiple tickets no this is 35 individual films in the theater from january 1st of this year till the time of this recording um and wow dude um there were some bad movies this year
0: well, yes, let Which, me yeah. just start yeah, go because uh, this is gonna be super easy for me okay I have streaming services I don't i I live far enough away from movie theaters that driving to a movie theater to go see it is not you lost that argument when you left Lansing Jay uh it... I've googled it I know how far you are from a theater. Yes, but also those theaters show like one movie, and if it's not the movie you want to see... That's the one in your town. There's one about 20 minutes away. Yeah, we went to the Prairie Cinema. Yeah. That's where we went to go see... There was only one movie so far in 2023. Well, I guess in all of 2023 that got me to not wait for it on streaming to go see it in theaters. There was only one movie that was going to get me off of my comfortable couch where I don't have to pay obscene amounts of money for candy and popcorn and beverages. And I can pause it in order to go to the bathroom and not miss anything and come back. Anyway, that movie was Godzilla minus one. Dun,
1: dun, 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 Hey, that's on my top ten list of the year, Jay. That was a great freaking flick. Let's
0: talk Godzilla minus one. Total
1: Studios, the originators of Godzilla.
0: As I as I said to Commander Cody, um, it was they they are the OG OG Godzilla. Toho is like that's yeah, what you want they, for Godzilla.
1: They literally created Godzilla, and from day one, it's not like you know, like Terminator, where it's changed hands eight million times, and at this point, every new movie is made by a different studio and different producers. Like literally, all in house at Toho since '54, since the beginning. Uh, They even spearheaded, I didn't know this until recently, but like, so the original is Gojira. In America, it's Godzilla. I'd always presumed that was an American thing. Uh, No, Toho, uh, the international distribution arm of Toho Studios came up with the Godzilla as in a, a westernized version of Gojira. So even like the name we all assume is like, is the Americanized, you know, gojira godzilla toho even came up with that like lock stock and barrel uh except for that shitty ass movie in 97 98 the matthew broderick piece of crap we're not going to talk about except for just now they had fuck all to do with that uh and then the current run of monsterverse um like godzilla king of monsters and um godzilla versus versus Kong. kong yeah that current slate Toho licensed those characters to a production company called Legendary, and they are distributed by Warner Brothers. So, Toho basically, like, sort of like Marvel and Spider Man, uh, Marvel gave Sony the rights to go make Spider Man, Toho gave Legendary the rights to go make some Godzilla movies. They don't actually produce them. So, that's why this movie was such a big deal for Godzilla fans.
0: Yes. Um, And I loved it because it was a throwback to the 54 movie. It was... It hit all the right notes for me. Uh, Megan at one point in time when the the big orchestral bah, 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 struck up I was like he's gonna destroy some shit and she turned and looked at me and was like, oh my nerdy little husband and I was like Ee-hee. and it, oh. and boy does
1: he destroy some shit all oh, that
0: atomic breath scene so let's, let's,
1: Okay, so if you're unfamiliar, Godzilla Minus One is, is, again, made in-house by Toho Studios. It's a complete Japanese movie. Uh, if it's still playing in a theater near you, you're going to have to read it or watch it with subtitles because there is no dubbed version as of the time of this recording. It starts at the very ass end of World War II um, with a, a failed kamikaze pilot, meaning he didn't sacrifice himself, and then does some time hopping but I think the bulk of the story is set in 48,
0: 49,
1: yeah, 47 or 48. Yeah. A few times we get timestamps. And I think the latest timestamp we get is, is 47 or 48. somewhere. it's, it's pre 1950, but it's as Japan is literally rebuilding their entire country after the decimation from World War II. and, they kind of touch on this, but not fully dive into it. But I love this is a cool thing, uh, part of history that in America we never even pay attention to. Japan was literally rebuilding their military as well as 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 their cities. And there were very strict regulations based on what they couldn't couldn't rebuild. They could have defense forces, but they couldn't have anything offensive. Um uh, so that that comes into play in the movie, but it's that, that the title comes in um Godzilla minus one and the movie doesn't explain it but this is what the director talked about is is it's godzilla coming in when japan is at less than its like base default setting like japan is minus one and then godzilla attacks like we're at our lowest point we're just starting to rebuild and kind of get a glimmer of like life going back to something resembling normal and then this thing happens uh at a time when we don't have a huge standing military uh and they very very smartly write out why the americans can't help because uh, the, the soviets would take it as a, a sign of aggression which i'm not sure the timeline for the cold war quite lines up there but i was gonna let it go um so yeah it, it follows this character and and uh a cast of really fun characters who i couldn't tell you their names but i recognize them uh, when they're on screen they all have fun personalities um it's gotten a lot of of talk of being a godzilla movie where you care as much about the humans as you do godzilla i don't know how you feel about that
0: it's it reminded me and i know we've had this discussion but i think we've had the discussion more about the fact that they didn't show Godzilla in the twenty fourteen, mo- as much as you wanted. But I feel like that's the same way this one was. You didn't see him a lot until later on.
1: And, and to 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 differentiate, so Godzilla twenty fourteen teases you with Godzilla. You see like yeah. his foot, his tail, his back. Like you see glimpses of him. This yeah. movie within the first ten minutes, you get full on Godzilla. Yeah. But then it's a good twenty minutes before you see him again like he's he's when you see godzilla we're not like hiding him you see full on godzilla when he appears but you don't see him i would say in total he's there 3 minutes out of the movie
0: yeah as and when far you as see as him he's actually on screen yeah sorry go ahead the first time he's like baby godzilla yeah he's he's which was cool that was a cool idea
1: not quite godzuki small but you know he's he's and they do hint that that part of the reason he got so big is because of radiation from the uh, Bikini Atoll bomb testings and stuff. The H-bomb. Yeah. Now, the whole, and I've always said this, and this is an argument I've had with, with my buddy Travis a lot, which is, if you're watching Godzilla for the humans, you're watching it for the wrong reasons. Nobody watches Godzilla for the human characters. You watch it to see Godzilla. That's how I feel about any Godzilla movie. And that's what the, the people at Legendary finally caught on after that first one. Oh, no one gives a shit about the dude trying to get back to his wife and his dad dying. He, the problem with that movie is they killed the most interesting character, Brian Cranston, like halfway through the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he was immensely more interesting than the, the milk toast son character. Uh, who just happens to be at every important thing where Godzilla's there throughout the rest of the movie. Um No. So the second movie, they're just like, hey, here you go. Here's a bunch of Godzilla fighting shit. And I love that movie. It's awesome. And yeah, the human characters are stupid and one-dimensional because I don't care about them. But this movie, Godzilla uh, Minus One, I joked with Jay the other night. We were talking about it for the first time. I was like, did you like the part where it just turned into Jaws for like 30 minutes? And I joke about that. But I also mean that as a compliment, because Jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Jaws is one of the greatest movies of all time. And yes, Jaws is a big shark attacking people. This is about a giant irradiated lizard attacking people. So they're kind of in the same genre. Uh, not that Jaws is a kaiju, but they're kind of in the same genre. So if you're going to steal, steal from the best. And yeah, there, there's a part in this movie where our hero ends up working for the government, uh, removing mines from the the seas. Uh, and he does so on a little rickety wooden boat, because that way it doesn't catch the metallic mines and all that but there's a chunk of this movie where it's him and the boat crew out shooting mines and then they're tasked with trying to hold off godzilla until this one destroyer can come back and fight him uh and it turns into flat out jaws and i fucking loved it yeah yeah because by the time you get to that, I do again. I couldn't tell you their names, but I do know these characters, and I I get who that's the the young greenhorn trying to work his way up. That here's the grizzled old sea captain. Here's the the smart guy who has kind of a shady past that we'll find out about later. Like there's enough that I can differentiate the characters. Yeah. That I genuinely don't want to see them all die.
0: Yeah, there was there's Chimmy Cherry and Chimmy Changa and. Um, the, 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 they were Mexican? Manaheim K- Steamroller was another one. Quesadilla? K- K- Case. G- just Go make yourself, yourself a quesadilla, K- Napoleon. Uh, anyway, so there's yep. my one movie that got me yep. out of the house to go to see a movie in theaters. Godzilla minus one.
1: It's awesome. Uh, I meant to look it up, but I think as of last weekend, it's now made more money in its U.S. theatrical run than in its Japanese theatrical run. Uh, it's at something like seventy or eighty million dollars right now on a budget of fifteen million dollars.
0: <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah, there you go. Toho, just keep sending them. Send them over to us. There's at least three people right here that I can think of that will go see it, no matter well, what. It,
1: it was supposed to have a limited release. They extended that limited release at least twice, uh, maybe even a third time, because people keep going to see it like it's it's yeah and that's the thing like in the states there aren't trailers for it on tv like it's pure word of mouth like the nerds who were on the internet knew about it and went to go see it and they're like wow this is great and they posted about it and told their friends about it and their friends went to go see it like that's what's awesome about this is i I love to see first of all i love to, to to be able to prove to the hollywood system they made this movie for fifteen million dollars. and and the director says fifteen million is probably a little more than what they act like that that estimate is a little higher than what it actually cost, according to him. So fifteen million is rounding up for what this movie cost and and it's it's made three times that budget. Let me look it up to where we're currently at. Uh, so movies don't have to cost two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. In fact, if you keep the budget down, you don't have to make a billion dollars just to make your budget back and your 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 advertising campaign, and and it worked, and now you can continue making them. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Megan, <laughs> currently at
0: sixty nine point seven million dollars. Nice. Uh, I'm pretty sure Megan saw it on TikTok, saw a trailer on TikTok, and had me watch it, and I'm like, yes, we need to see this movie if it gets released in in the U.S.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh it's great. It's a, it it's on my um I have almost my entire top ten list of you know my top ten favorite movies of last year. Um there's one spot open because again I haven't seen Aquaman two yet. Uh but that was the top of the list, man. Um so quick honorable mention. So I, I think definitely the the nerd alert movie of twenty twenty three, Godzilla minus one. Uh cause Scott's not here to argue.
0: So, (laughs) and if he was, he'd be like, "Uh, I think you just need to rewatch the black hole again. And that will be He probably would. He'd still be
1: (laughs) sour grapes and over that. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to. So technically, this movie came out last year, but it came out in like the last two weeks of last year. So Avatar Way of Water was awesome. I loved it. Uh, Never fucking doubt James Cameron made two point something billion dollars so suck it james cameron now has three of the top five highest grossing movies of all time never doubt james cameron um God's a little mess when we talked about uh the super mario brothers movie i loved that i, I think that set a record for most times i saw i think it's it three or four times this year uh, i saw it twice whitney saw that twice in 24 hours wow good. yeah wow um it was just a really fun movie uh, I love the animation style. Uh, it was everything you thought a Mario movie would be when you were a kid. And someone said, there's a Mario movie, uh, before they put in the Mario movie from 93 and you were like, what the hell is this? I think you got the wrong Mario movie. <laughs> um, so finally people can stop pretending that that movie is good. And they, it's actually kind of good. I kind of like it. No, no, you don't stop talking yourself into it. There's a good one. You can like now. Um, last void to the Demeter was a movie I've been waiting for since the day, like they announced the script was floating around. Cause I love this concept. It's it's alien on a ship, uh, with Dracula instead of an alien, uh, based on a, a it's an extended chapter from Bram Stoker's novel. Um, it was everything I hoped it would be. It was flat out. Dracula as a monster stalking and murking people and bloody and survival horror and fit perfectly within the the bounds of what the the book said happened because the book doesn't really tell you much so they have lots of creative license um i want to see more in other words i just want these same people to just make an entire dracula movie now gotcha Uh, and then my last one which is the number one movie on my top 10 list because it absolutely blew me away the first movie this is a sequel first movie was kind of a surprise and that i wasn't really expecting much out of it especially because it was made entirely by sony and it's spider-man and that's kind of an iffy track record uh but spider-man into the spider-verse was an awesome movie great miles morales uh just fun spider-man movie with lots of cool characters uh lots of fun experimenting with animation styles so this year spider-man across the spider-verse was all that cranked to 11 with the knob broken off. Um, there's something like <coughs> 1,500 characters on screen at one point, all variants of Spider-Man, and they're all done in different animation styles. There's a bunch of, so there's like three main characters and then a bunch of like backup Spider-Man characters, like in, in, in Miles' little Spider-Man super friends group. And again, all of them, different art style. Gwen uh, spider gwen is done in like uh oil paintings or watercolors uh, uh spider punk is done in all like magazine clipping cut out punk rock poster art style it's nuts it shouldn't work at all it should be a giant mess but it's amazing and not just to look at because the story is fantastic too it explores more miles and stuff gets into more spider-man craziness one of the better multiverse stories in a a several years full of multiverse stories where that concept is getting kind of played out. Uh, but this one was really fun. Uh, it's, it's a cool Spider-Man movie where spoiler, the villain is another Spider-Man. What? It's pretty awesome. And like a who's who of voice cast too. But uh, gotcha. those are the ones I want to talk about. But yeah, no, definitely Godzilla uh, minus one was just chef's kiss, man. Uh, I went into that. I tried never to bring in big expectations into a theater, but I had a bunch of friends see it and tell me it was great, and they did not steer me. Wrong, so. There you go. There she is. All right, Jay, moving on from movies. Let's talk games, board, video, or other. Do you have a favorite game? And it doesn't have to be new in the year 2023, just it was new to you in 2023. Do you have a favorite game, Jay?
0: I did. Okay. And now I'm upset because they don't have any new seasons of it. What game was that, Jay? Modern Warfare 2. Ooh. Um, uh, which is no surprise to obi John, And would be no surprise to Commander Scott if he was here. I played the shit out of that game all summer. <laughs> Just as soon as i bought it and like really got into it i played it i mean i played it
1: what kept you coming back jay
0: uh honestly so first it was the the campaign i wanted to finish the campaign um that's always the first thing i know there's a ton of online gamers out there that the first thing that they do is just do multiplayer they don't even touch the campaign
1: well you don't even have to install the campaign
0: yeah yeah it's optional yeah And I'm the opposite. I'm more like, what's the campaign like? I like a good story campaign. Um, I like a mix of, like, frontal assault with sneaky, sneaky. Um, And then if you're doing the sneaky, sneaky bit and uh, shit hits the fan, it turns into a frontal assault. I'm okay with that. Uh, And that's what I really liked about this. And then the multiplayer, at first... And I'll, I'm still not great at it, but at first, I mean, I was really dog trash at the multiplayer, and then I started getting the hang of it. And the seasons were really cool, and unlocking the weapons. Um, and now, what, what kept getting me getting me to come back was the new seasons and trying to unlock more more stuff, more guns. Um, and now I'm I've I've been trying to unlock as many camouflages for my guns as possible and that just kind of keeps pushing me because it's like it changes what we- makes me change weapons and i don't just use the same assault rifle and the same pistol you know the whole time I...
1: there is a the satisfaction of finally leveling up that weapon and, and finally yeah. getting you know a better sights or a extended mag or whatever unlocked for it I'm not so crazy about the skins so much because I'm not huge about like make my gun look bling bling, but yeah. the accessories and unlocking like the next tier of stuff that I'm a sucker for that too, man. Hey, uh, and the, the, the daily the... challenges where they they assign you like get so many kills with this kind of I would never touch a sniper rifle if I didn't have to occasionally because of
0: that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like you said, though, John, the bling draws the <laughs> aggro. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if Call of Duty brought in an aggro system, I would like a two man, like a like a like an army of two. Almost? Yeah, they should bring that game back. I missed it. Yeah.
1: not uh, the second
0: one. I would. like I, you say you'd never touch a sniper rifle. I love the sniper rifles. I, I think I've leveled up almost all of them by now. But I'm,
1: I'm marksman rifle. I don't mind. Battle rifle, I don't get. It's weird. Battle
0: rifle, yeah. Battle rifles, like, hey, do you want it to be a marksman rifle? Okay. Do you want it to be an assault rifle? Okay. It's kind and- of both, but also neither. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, assault rifle is my main class in that game, and I have, I think, all of them now, maxed out. Uh, there's some SMGs I, I like. Ba- battle rifle is, is is Sorry, not battle rifle, <laughs> marksman rifle, and and assault rifle are like my go-to classes. Um, but the only reason I the only reason I even started playing with marksman rifle because to me it's like oh it's like a Luster sniper rifle I hate sniper rifles why would I touch that but I had to do it for a challenge <coughs> and I unlocked a couple and started playing with them I was like you know it's not half bad it's like a sniper rifle with training wheels which is what I need because I'm a terrible sniper <laughs> I can't hit shit but with the marksman rifle. I got a higher rate of fire and a bigger mag, so I have a better chance. I missed. I'm going to miss the first couple of times. But hey, third shot, I got you dialed in, bitch. Meanwhile, the doc is one-shotting, one killing people from his sniper nest. Overrated. <laughs> I get plenty of one-shot, one kills <laughs> up close with an SMG.
0: <laughs> so, I I've had an immense load of fun playing Modern Warfare 2. Um, and eventually I'm gonna bite the bullet and buy MW3 and play through the campaign and then hit the multiplayer again. But, um, because as we found out, the servers are pretty dead for MW2.
1: It, uh, we used to have absolutely no problem jumping on and playing matches. And is this so like last night was the first time we'd played since like October, I think, yeah, because we all got busy. But, uh, man, it took a good, three to five minutes to find our new match uh and we played a lot of death match yes all that was going so yeah i think uh me and commander scott talked about today at work but uh, i I think we're all gonna have to fight that bullet sooner rather than later
0: yeah maybe because when we get the when we get the one hard point i was like oh hard point something different
1: well, the thing for me, uh, which sucks, because I, I knew they wouldn't do any new content, but the um, what was it called, battle pass? Yeah, yeah, where you would do certain challenges and unlock tokens, and you could use those to unlock XP boosts and new weapon types and new variants, and like that was enough to keep me coming back. Like uh, the last one they did was in October for for MW two. And it was Halloween-themed. And it was the one where you could have, you know, there were different uh, skins based on Spawn, the the comic book character. And I was like, dude, those are fucking badass. I want to get those. And, like, that kept me playing. A skin that's really cool that I want to unlock, that'll keep me playing. And then when they did, when they first uh, launched Modern Warfare 3, they still had the current October season. I don't know when that went off. But as of last night, there's nothing for MW2. Even the yeah. the whatever that so whenever that season six I think we were on, whenever yeah. that closed out, that was it. There's nothing, uh, which I know yeah. is because they want you to buy the new game. But I thought there'd be a little more support for the old version to to transfer, yeah. but apparently not. So, yeah. And then the the the, the biggest game uh, I'm looking forward to next year still doesn't have a release date set. Um, so we may end up just. Uh, getting mw3 over christmas break getting that thing going but yeah dude mw2 was a lot of fun man it was definitely an upgrade from from world war ii (laughs) 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 that
0: was rough uh (laughs) scopers uh Uh, what about you
1: uh all right well this is gonna be a little controversial jay because even i will admit when this game so first of all when this game was announced i was hyped it's like, hell yeah, about time. I can't wait. Take my money already. And then it came out, and we started playing, and I was like, this, this, this kind of sucks. Is it, is it just, no, no, it's got to be, I'm doing something wrong. Maybe it's just this class. No, no. I'm talking about Diablo 4, which had a very rocky launch. Um, again, we've been playing Diablo 3 for forever uh in fact i think the game was like 12 years old by the time they finally came out with diablo 4 so it it was long in the tooth it was still fun but it was getting long in the tooth and i was very pumped when they announced hey diablo 4 i was like hell yeah (laughs) and then we got to play the beta i was like this is cool they're steering hardcore into like the horror it's not just you know D and D, World of Warcraft, generic fantasy stuff. Like they're leaning into the horror and the demons, and I'm like, "This is awesome! Okay, I like this. I'm, I'm in for this." And then the game came out, and I jumped to well, the Demon Slayer class was gone, so I went to Rogue, which was the closest assembly I could get to that. And all my cool moves were gone. There wasn't even a multi-shot arrow option of like an attack i was like how am i supposed to crowd control when i can't fire more than one at a time like guys um so yes diablo 4 very rocky start. Uh, it had this weird scaling difficulty thing so the enemies would level up with you so you never got the feeling of actually leveling up and getting more powerful because everything around you got as powerful as you did with you which made no goddamn sense Uh, that being said there have been several big patches since then Um, they are into their second season of seasonal content which is cool because it brings in vampires (coughs) and and extra bonus vampire powers you can get and level up Um, in fact there's a season within the season happening right now the midwinter blight uh, where you go slay monsters and you fight an evil santa claus Um, it's made huge strides uh, I reluctantly came back in because uh, Commander Scott was playing some seasonal stuff. and I was like, I, I spent money on this game. Let's give it another try. Because here's the thing. When we started playing Diablo 3, it had already been out for like five or six years. So the version we were playing on console was already like the fifth iteration of Diablo before it came to consoles. So I was like, all right, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. It was a rocky launch. Let's try it again. And I, it is much more fun now after some patching and some leveling and some nerfing and some some balancing issues have been have been uh, leveled out. And you can jump right into seasonal and completely skip the storyline. You do not have to complete the storyline to jump into seasonal. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm also playing a different class now, which might help with that a little bit. I'm a I'm a sorcerer, and I went straight lightning powers with all my sorcerer stuff which is fun. Um, so yeah, it has become one of my favorite games of last year, even though it did not start out that way at all. So yeah. And then, honorable note, my wife got a Switch a couple weeks ago. I've been playing a shit ton of Mario Kart 8 um, because I was told my my sister-in-law's boyfriend is super good at that and I needed to beat him to shut him up, so I've been training to beat Justin.
0: A lot of you're the best around. No one's ever going to keep you down. You're the best around. Said if her to be, he did for the bird. I don't know the words. Switch. I don't. <laughs> you're the best for birdie.
1: I didn't say a stop. I'm digging that. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, so honorable shout-out to Mario Kart 8. It's been fun. First time I played Mario Kart since N64, so a bit of a learning curve. But yeah, Diablo 4, again, started out very rough, and, and it was very much headed towards the biggest letdowns of this year list, but then uh, some patches, and I have full faith that in the future, uh, with even more patches and in, in, in leveling and in balancing stuff, uh, it'll get even more fun. Uh, we still haven't gotten a new class out yet, so I'm expecting that first quarter next year the first new class will come out maybe maybe i'll come back to it at some point in time but right now i'm just not jay you need to come back and do seasonal and current season ends i think mid-january so when the new season kicks up come back in and try barbarian because that's where your heart lies jay
0: and i think you'll really
1: like the new barbarian class
0: it's like this you you, you like, you dated this girl and, and, and she was awesome and was like, you thought it was the love of your life and then broke your heart. And you're like, okay. And then you found this new love and you're like, oh, she's going to be better. But then she was worse than the one that broke your heart. And, and you're just having a hard time coming around to, um, Softening your edges. I don't know. I don't know. That's a bad analogy, but I'm just saying. i just
1: You were right to dislike it at first, but a lot has changed since then. And again, you already bought it. You already own it. Don't well, worry about it. I need anyway. some time. I need some time. I'm going to need... give you uh, about two weeks, Jay. I need time. And... I need time. I need you to... When the new season starts, I'm going to be pestering the shit out of you to come do a new seasonal character. John, I need time. And you're going to have to update it before that. So. Uh, again, again, you got about well like three weeks.
0: Time.
1: Okay. Any more game stuff? Anything else you want to chat out? Nah, no, not really. Try anything that really lets you down? Are you enjoying Farm Simulator 2022? Uh, I haven't
0: played that in a long time. I oh, gotta, okay. Gotta fire that back up. I have a rotation of games that I just uh, spin been clockwise right and then you just play call of duty anyway no i've been playing madden oh I got man. back into hockey i was playing some nhl 21 um anyway cool.
1: okay so so jay you brought this up earlier you got a tv and a couch and you got streaming services jay favorite streaming series of 2023 ahsoka do you need some time to think about it? It's okay. We can come back.
0: Don't. Well, okay. So here's the thing. No. I can't remember when, when Mando season three. Was that 2023? Or was that, was that earlier this year? I think that was the beginning of this year. But let me double check. And Andor. I can't remember when Andor. So let me just say Star Wars streaming, not Obi-Wan. <laughs> is, is that... Is that, a fair, is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, so Season 3 of Mando started in March of 2023.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and
1: Obi-Wan was like two years ago.
0: I, I can't keep track of it. They come out, I watch them. You know, that's just the way I am. Um, I did enjoy Mando Season 3, and I really enjoyed Ahsoka. And... <clears throat> what i liked about mando season three was it like the way i look at mando is we started the story and we've sort of completed his story we got background information in the overarching story of like post uh empire right you know we're getting some details to fill stuff in to help us out but like for the most part mando's story with um moff gideon is done right there's still Hmm. probably some lingering effects but i like how we sort of tied that up and
1: i thoroughly enjoyed and this is something i they didn't quite do what i thought they were going to do with it um but it's still the most mandalorian culture we've ever gotten on screen and this this season went hard into that which is what i wanted Uh, At the end of season two, when he's got the Darksaber and Bo-Katan's kind of giving him the hateful eyes, I was like, good, that's season three. Him reclaiming Mandalore, that's season three. I I dig it. And the way they tied Gideon into that, where Gideon's base of operations has been on Mandalore the whole time. Um, Granted, yeah, I I thought there'd be a little more drama to draw out between him and Bo-Katan over the Darksaber. Um, they didn't full on Jon Snow season eight. I don't want it to Mando. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. Yeah. Um, but they also gave us a much better, you know, he has other priorities and he's never seen himself as being yeah. the ruler of a planet. He's just a, just a bounty hunter trying to make his way. Um, but I like that. We saw the continuation of him reconciling. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian? because I feel yeah. like that's his arc is he starts season 1 with a very narrow-minded this is what it means to be a mandalorian and through season 2 and season 3 it's him learning oh there are other ways to be a mandalorian yeah uh, you know the way i was raised isn't it and and reconciling with that and and uh we ended in a cool place we got to see some really cool mandalorian you know, action and we got to see um the um Shit! What do they call it? The stormtrooper, Mando trooper thingies that have a name, and I forget. Super Commandos. The, man, the Mando,
0: Mando troopers. The Mando, Mando the Commandos. commandos. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. Anyway, uh, no, and and then Ahsoka. Um, yeah, I, it introduced my new favorite character that unfortunately I only got to see one season of, and I'm very sad. So here's, here's. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I only got to see that actor doing it for one season. And, um, he did, he was great. And I've said this to John and probably looking at me now will agree even more that I, I would love to cosplay as, um, Balin skull. Do it. I feel, I feel like I could pull it off. I think I have the look to pull off Balin.
1: Do it. It's my best emperor voice.
0: Um, I loved it. I didn't I, any listeners on the show know that I have not a hatred towards more Jedi things, but an aversion to? An aversion. It's just like there's. we've got this whole big universe to play in, and we keep coming back to Jedi. But this was a new sort of twist on the Jedi with Balin that I really liked.
1: Uh, the story cause... in general was really cool because we got yeah. to see a lot of old school lore brought back in um the notion of dark jedi is something that permeated all of the star wars expanded universe or star wars legends as it's known now uh because we didn't have sith um but the the idea of they're not jedi they're not sith they're not fucking gray jedi because that's bullshit and they don't exist they're there's something other you know the force exists all over it's not the exclusive domain of jedi or sith there are other people in between like the night sisters who we finally saw in live action on screen in in Ahsoka, uh, and and again, uh, Balin and his 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 apprentice uh, Shin Hadi, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> they we're really cool. Again, uh, learning his backstory, which and this is the thing about the way that, the, the way that he was written and the way Ray Stevenson played him. From the minute he walked on screen, I wanted to know everything about him because he's interesting. And every time he reveals anything about his past or his motives, I feel like I leave that scene with more questions than he answered in a good way. Yeah. Not like a Prometheus way. Yeah. yeah, Not in a Damon Lindelof. I don't know how to write stories way, but in a a legitimate, okay, he answered X, Y, and Z, but he opened the door to ABC through F. Okay. Like I got answers, but now I have even more questions. Um, again, it was just enough to get you a sense of you understand this character. Uh, he was powerful without being over the top powerful. <coughs> um, we got a really cool, different lightsaber fighting out of him. He's, he's much more medieval broadsword, uh, you know, power behind a hit, which was a cool contrast with Ahsoka, who was, for most of this series, doing her dual wielding uh, <coughs> samurai kind of style. That was cool to see play out. Uh, yeah. th- 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 we, we, we finally got uh, um, Thrawn in live action. Uh, and he was awesome. they did a great job of, of even in defeat, Thrawn is still learning and processing. So even though he may have lost some battles and given up some TIE Fighters and some Turndrippers, he's learned more about his enemy. Like, that's his whole M.O is he might lose a couple battles but he's going to win the war. Uh, they set him up as a really cool,
0: really credible threat in the Star Wars universe in this time period. He's, yeah. He he's even more terrifying in live action than he was on the on the rebels cartoon.
1: Hey dude, can we talk about those creepy ass zombie stormtroopers?
0: <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Dude. It's like, "Oh, I shot it. Oh, I chopped it with a lightsaber. Why is it still coming at me?" First of all, I love the
1: look, the the patchwork uh, armor and the uh, the stuff tied together and, and, and like fused back together of the armor. That was a really cool visual distinction. Like There's still Stormtroopers, but there's something special about these ones. <coughs> um, uh, I do have some qualms. It's not a perfect show. Uh, yeah. The entire thing of turning Sabine run into a Jedi is fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, not okay I with that.
1: They 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 and I kept throughout most of the series where she shows zero ability or aptitude into using the force, and characters openly point that out to her. I was like, Good, this is the point. Okay, she's not supposed to be a Jedi, she's supposed to be a Mandalorian. Just let her fight like a Mandalorian, just just go into that till the last episode when suddenly she she pulled the lightsaber. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess that's enough of a seed. We'll explore that later. And then like five seconds later, she's like, no, Ezra jump and I'll push you. I can use the force now. Like...
0: Uh, but on that same note, when they did get to the other galaxy and they used the, the pergol, I thought that was really cool. Yep. And, um, This is this is a little nod for you, John, because I'm sure you appreciated this when Ezra was like, no, I gave you that lightsaber. I'll just build a new Mm -hmm. one. And he built it to look like um, Canaan Canaan's.
1: So look, (laughs) my perhaps favorite character in this show is Hu Yang, the lightsaber droid, first introduced in the Clone Wars cartoon, brought into live action voiced by David Tennant, my second favorite doctor in Doctor Who history, who's this ancient droid who's been around the Jedi Temple for centuries, helping Padawans build lightsabers. A, it was awesome to see the character come back because he's a linchpin to multiple eras of Jedi. Um, so we could see him in like a High Republic show or something because he's been around for forever. B, they used him as almost like an Alfred to Ahsoka's Batman, uh and then there's a little bit of a detective thing where they're trying to figure out who Balin and and shin are and they she goes to ahsoka goes to um to hu yang and describes their lightsaber hilts and uses him as a way to try to identify them that was that's our first little nugget of of Balin was a jedi at one point uh but but the fact that we jumped to building a new lightsaber because I'm all about new lightsabers. I love new lightsabers. Um, was his blade green? I can't remember. His blade, his new blade's blue,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it should have been green. We need more green lightsabers. His blade, his original blade was green in the show. His original
1: blade is blue. And then season three is oh, green. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we never explained where he got there. that. That's my only kind of nitpick, is we, again, Build a new lightsaber and never explain where the crystal came from, uh, but there's a whole bunch of stuff there on the ship. I let slide, but yes, yeah, seeing him, bi- seeing any character building a lightsaber and and that little nugget of oh hey, I've got this other emitter. There were two. I gave one to Kanan, your master. It's right. You should. Yes, is that fan service? Fuck yeah. Did I love it? Fuck yeah. Well, I you. Love... Got the third lightsaber.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, when... When he was putting the lightsaber together and just like haphazardly grabbing things from different places, and Huyang's like, "Will you just knock it off? You who taught you to build a lightsaber?" There was an order to this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh so yeah, I'd say I'd say Mando season three and Ahsoka are up there for me.
1: I want to throw one more shout out to a non-Star Wars streaming show. Uh, I watched this one kind of out of morbid curiosity at first and was pleasantly surprised by how really good it was and how it kept me watching. Because, uh, look, nobody is more over the whole zombie apocalypse thing than I am. I didn't even finish watching Walking Dead. I'm that over the zombie apocalypse shit. But The Last of Us on HBO kind of brought me back. Uh, First of all, the cast is friggin' amazing. Uh, I played through the first game years ago, so I had a vague recollection of the game. Um, The show quickly surpassed what I remembered from the game. Uh, It had some of the best character work, uh, some brutal, ballsy action, and the zombies are different enough to pique my interest. They're not just walking dead people. It's this fungal infection that takes over and mutates people, uh, <coughs> so you get crazy abomination type characters, and it's you know the, it, it's a fungus. How do you kill a fungus? You know, a shot to the head doesn't necessarily do it.
0: Um, uh, you cook it with butter and coat it in crackers.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. It was a really, really the, the ending was a bit rushed, and I know that the game kind of did too, um, but. Okay. Great show, start to finish. Great show. Um, if you haven't watched it, you can go binge it all on HBO now. It's worth it. It's really, really. It is. It is. And people keep saying it's the best video game adaptation. I say that's cheating because, as far as I know, it's the only video game that's been adapted into a streaming series and not just a movie. And no, I don't count Twisted Metal. So it, it's it's in that category of well, they have like eight to ten hours to tell the story, not two and a half. So. A little different, but uh, really, really great show, really well done. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next season whenever they get around to that. Um, that being said, as much as I was surprised by Last of Us, dude, uh, Ahsoka was on the top of my list. of like, I can't do that, I don't know where this is going, but I can't wait. And I'm only more excited now because I don't know if we're getting a second season of Ahsoka, (laughs) a fourth season of Mando. I don't know what is coming down. I I know the next project in the Star Wars streaming pipeline is the uh acolyte show which is set in the old republic so yes i'm looking forward to that because it's got more jedi and i'm happy to have more jedi and it's more of like samurai jedi but that's like a couple hundred years before any of this stuff takes place so as far as the like post return of the jedi mando era i don't know what's coming next but we do know um that the recently promoted um um Dave Filoni, sorry, my mind blanked for a second, who is now the chief creative officer at Lucasfilm, um, has been given his own movie, a theatrical movie um, that is rumored to be sort of the culmination uh, of whatever storyline he's telling across uh, Mando and Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka. So when that movie's coming, I don't know, because there's no release date set yet. And what's coming in between then, I don't know. But whatever project is next, because Felony has the philosophy of, I don't care what the show title is, I'm going to tell a story. Uh, and then, you know, if I want to spend part of an episode of Book of Boba Fett catching us up with Mando and Luke and Grogu, I'll do that. And if I want to spend an episode of Mando season three showing you what happened to this former Imperial Officer for scientist guy, I'll do that too. Uh, so whatever thing is next, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if they announce, Hey, Book of Boba Fett season two, that doesn't mean we're only going to be seeing Boba Fett that season. So whatever the next Filoni-Favreau project for Star Wars is, <clears throat> I can't wait to see it. Uh, there are I so have... many interesting storylines brought up in, in Ahsoka
0: <clears throat> that obviously are going to continue forward. What's up? I thought that they announced Mando Season 4.
1: I don't know if they have made an official announcement. Like I said, the only thing I know of, and it has no release date, is Filoni's movie.
0: So Righteous. what
1: yeah, what exactly is coming next? I don't know. I don't know if Disney knows, but I'm I'm
0: down for it. Righteous. Okay. <laughs> Any what other streaming
1: got... series you loved?
0: I there's so they all blend together. I gotta watch the boys season four still. You
1: gotta watch Gen V too, don't you? That's been do, I, do I have to? I don't know. I haven't watched it. Oh, maybe I will. Did season four start? I thought season, season four hasn't started yet. I thought it did. Season three, season four. Season, I, I, to, I yet. swear
0: season four is on my prime video right now. It might be a trailer, but I don't think season four has started yet. Maybe I'll go watch Gen V.
1: <laughs> Let me know if it's maybe, worth watching.
0: Maybe I'll hit him in the knees with a baseball bat. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> huh? Maybe I'll look into the eyes. As you care. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry.
0: Never look into the eyes of those you kill; Mm -hmm.
1: they'll haunt you forever. Anyway, moving on. Jay, books and comics, 2023. Anything you want to give a shout out to? Anything you enjoyed reading?
0: Yes. And okay, okay, all right. Now you're okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I had a a fellow teacher give me this. I don't. This is news to you. You haven't heard this yet. I had a fellow teacher give me this. Was it Commander and Cody? No, no, oh. it wasn't. His name's Bob. Um, and he we went to another co-worker's wedding, and um, we stopped at their house for some libations before the reception. And he and I were talking because I, I, I lent him um, the Kaiju Preservation Society. And I lent him Ready Player One, which he had never read. And so he knows I like books, like, but I don't read as many as he does. I mean, he he killed Kaiju Preservation Society in a weekend. Because like he's like, if he likes a book, he'll get through it. Anyway, he gave me this book. And I haven't finished even the first book. It's a trilogy. But it's my favorite thing of 2023 so far that I've read. And it's called The Night Angels. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Okay, so let me just give you so it's like it's like a high fantasy sort of crossover of Game of Thrones, The Witcher, and Assassin's Creed. Okay. So like you're following this main character who he he grew up as like a, a street urchin like, stealing money and food and, like, finding money underneath bars and, like, taverns and because they're raised off the mud streets and he would, like, pick the... Anyway, and he, he becomes an apprentice to, they call him a wet boy, which is an assassin, but they use magic. But they don't call it magic, they call it the talent. And so if you have talent, with a capital T, you can do things to help you be a better assassin and this wet boy he he says assassin like a dirty word because he uses more than just killing people like he and he, so he takes this apprentice on and it's following the story of the apprentice and how all these things like he has talent but he can't use it because he has no conduit for it and it's like game of thrones because there's a lot of like backhandedness side things trying to ascend to the throne there's different kingdoms um it's just awesome every time i read it at school i'm just like
1: what's it called again
0: night angels and it's a trilogy
1: and
0: uh N. like okay night. um I really got into it. I, I brought it home. For, I want to try to get through as much of it over Christmas break as I can. Um, it
1: cool. just
0: it sucked me in. Because it's like, like I said, Game of Thrones meets The Witcher meets Assassin's Creed. It's a hell of a combination. Very gory. <laughs> like, okay. there are some extreme deaths. Let's put it that way. Okay. So.
1: Consider my interest peaked. For novels, I want to give a shout out to one book that I discovered this year at Imaginarium. Um, it is called Dracula, the Undead. It is a direct sequel to Bram Stoker's original Dracula, written by Dacker Stoker, the great-grandnephew of Bram Stoker. Um, it takes place 20-some years after the first book. The main character is the son of John, uh, Jonathan and Mina Harker. Uh, And and follows what's happened to the main cast who survived the first Dracula book. Um, As someone who loves the the Dracula lore and mythology, and I can, you know, I I saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie from '92, when I was too young, and it left a mark on my brain. (laughs) But as I'm reading this book, I'm imagining that cast in these
0: characters. Does Keanu Reeves still have his terrible English accent?
1: Of course he does. He's Keanu Reeves. <coughs> Only now he has a badass beard because he can never shave again. Uh, but, uh, no, it's a really, really interesting read. Um, as someone who's always wanted to see more, you know, Dracula, he's a vampire. He's undead. Certainly there's a way If Castlevania can figure out how to bring him back every other video game. <coughs> um, really cool book. He's also working on... Um, an in-between cool comic um i forget what it's called now but it's set in between it's set in that 20 year period between um the first novel and and this sequel and it also picks up threads from the original book um like in in the in the novel um uh lucy western is is becomes a vampire and becomes sort of a pseudo legend in her area because she's like this She's wearing her bridal gown, this white gown, and she comes out and kidnaps kids at night and stuff. Uh, And then the first issue of the comic kind of explores, okay, well, what are the ramifications of that? How long was she out kidnapping kids, and did any of them turn? And is there an army of kid vampires under the city now? Creepy.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Check out the comic that I can't think of the name of. I just Uh, just have one question, John. Yeah. Is is Dracula in this book now going by the name Drake, and he wears um, like an open button like black leather shirt, and and has a shaved head. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's far as far my... as we're gonna delve into that.
1: That's the only novel I have. Uh, There are two comics I want to give shout-outs to, one from Marvel and one from DC. Uh, I'm going to start with the obvious one because of who I am. DC Comics has started kind of a soft reboot of the universe uh, called Dawn of DC. And I say soft reboot because it's sort of a, hey, here's a jumping on point. Um, We're not getting rid of all the past continuity, but if you've never read this character before, here's a place you can jump in. Uh, one of those titles which before issue one even came out was extended from six issues to 12 issues and i hear rumblings has sold well enough it may become an ongoing book now dawn of dc green arrow oh, for the first time in three or four years ollie queen finally has his own fucking book again um I was very mad at dc for a very long time and not only does he have a new book but the storyline is, is <laughs> I almost wouldn't recommend it for new Green Arrow readers uh, because it's written by people who are clearly fans of the character and the history of the character. The storyline is essentially Ollie has been misplaced in time. A bunch of his, his colleagues, Black Canary, uh, Red Arrow, are trying to track him down. But through all these scattered timelines, we are revisiting characters who have been written out of the continuity or haven't been seen in decades. Um, Leanne, the daughter of Roy, is back, and she's a teenager now. Uh, and She wants to take up the family business. Uh, the The opening, the, the wraparound cover of issue one is Green Arrow front and center. And then pretty much every supporting Green Arrow character you can think of from the last 30 to 40 years is on that cover. And the story is cycling through them uh, as much as it can to, to give you. It is sort of the return of the Arrow family of characters, which is the era I, I read, <coughs> started reading when I got into Green Arrow. Um, and I can't wait to see more of it. I love everything they're doing with it right now. It's a little uh, wobbly wobbly timey-wimey, but I'm fine with that uh, because I can see where they're headed. Um, this is a reset of the status quo of Oliver Queen in the best way possible. Um, obvious shout out to that, and a huge thank you to A Plus Comics who has been generous enough to hook me up with all the variant covers. Nice that we don't tell Whitney about. Whitney, at some point I spent twenty five dollars on a variant cover.
0: Whitney, same book, different cover, My texture. I have like four.
1: God four of, of of the first issue because of variant covers. Anyway, and then the other one, Jay, this will pique your interest because as soon as this is done, I'm just sending you all the comics to read yourself. <coughs> we knew it was coming. As soon as Disney bought Fox and gained access to the Alien and Predator universes, we knew it was only a matter of time before the comic book wing, Marvel, got in on that action, right? Earlier this year, we got The SmackDown, I never thought I'd want to see, and it has been done so far, I'm two issues into it, phenomenally well. Predator versus Wolverine. Ooh. Um, I bought it because it was kind of (laughs) gimmicky, and I'm all here. I'm here for it. I love my Versus stuff. That being said, of the list of Marvel characters, I would want to see Predator go after. Wolverine's at the top of that list in the way they're doing it. So Wolverine, right? He, he's got that healing factor, so he ostensibly doesn't age. <coughs> he's been around for centuries, basically. He just doesn't remember. He just doesn't remember all of it. That's the concept they picked up on for Predator. First issue, we see a young Wolverine uh, pre-Weapon X claws, I think. I think they're bone claws still. Encountering a Predator for the first time. Issue two, we jump ahead. It's in the Cold War. He's now dead in the middle of the Weapon X program. And this Predator who's survived his encounter with Wolverine the first time is coming back to track him down again, and he's bringing help. So issue two, and if this doesn't get too excited to read the book, I don't know what will. Issue two is the full Weapon X crew, Wolverine, Maverick, Sabretooth, Uh, A couple of cannon fodder characters versus a team of predators in the jungles of South America.
0: Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games.
1: Uh, Issue three either hasn't come out or I haven't picked it up yet. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it because this is one of those books that is way better than I ever thought it would be. I would have been cool with a one-shot of just the two of them smacking each other around, but we're getting like a full five or six issues, and I'm here for it. It's been awesome. Nice. Like I said, when it's all said and done, I'm going to send you a copy, because it's right up
0: your alley, bud. Right on. Right on. Anything else for books? No, that's it. I'm super excited Alrighty, to finish the Night Angel trilogy.
1: Okay, go ahead. We are. No, we are getting down to it. Jay, favorite convention moment of
0: 2023 so it's 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 a moment but it's more than one moment because it all has to come together okay um (laughs) previous like prior to the 2023 lexington comic and toy convention I was looking at the LCTC roster of um, people coming, and found out that uh, David Delaroca and um, Sean Patrick Flannery were both going to be at LCTC, and I convinced Megan, my wife. That she needed to meet these people because she had been around me when I had met other celebrities, but she had never met celebrities on her own. So she wasn't exactly sure how to go about it. And I said, no, Megan, you need to not only do you need to meet these two guys, you need to get a photo op. They have a photo op with the two of them and you need to dress and, and like play the part. So, from an old cosplay that I did of, I was Captain Dallas and a friend of mine was Ripley, I had an orange cat. So, like a stuffed animal orange cat. Um, obi John was nice enough to lend us a pea coat and a silenced Beretta. And <laughs> uh, that morning we went and got um, some rope just like eight, eight feet of rope or something and tied it into a daisy chain. And we were standing in line for Megan's photo op. And I said, no, you're getting this picture by yourself. I don't need to be in the picture. This is for you. I paid for it for her. I was like, this is a present for you. I want you to meet these two guys. And, uh, So she's like, well, what do I say? I stood in line with her and she's like, what do I say? And I was like, well, you just go in and you say, hi, my name's Megan. I was wondering if you would hold these props for the picture. If they say yes, awesome. If they say no, just set them down and get your picture taken. Like, it's not a big deal. So she walks in and uh, she hands, she's holding the rope and the cat and the gun. And she looks at the (laughs) two and she says, Uh, I was wondering if you guys would hold these. Because Megan's a very soft-spoken person. She is, she loves, like, she's easy to get along with. Loves talking to people and meeting people. She's just shy right away. And so the fact that she has to talk to these two celebrities that were in one of her favorite movies, she's like, um, the way any normal person would be. So she hands the cat to David Delarocca and he goes, yeah. And he takes the cat and then Sean Patrick Flannery takes the rope and he's like, oh, and holds it out and makes a face and they snap the picture. And so then after they snap the picture, he goes, oh, here's your fucking rope in character. And just like gets, he's got the crew laughing, the camera people, people in line. I'm laughing like this is awesome. Like I couldn't ask for anything better. And we go. And then the next day we wanted to get autographs from Sean Patrick Flannery and David Delaraca. and Sean Patrick Flannery wasn't down there when we got there, but David Delaraca showed up and nobody else was in his line and we were standing back away and he gets there and he's like organizing stuff and he goes, well, you guys can come up here and talk to me. He's like, come on. He's like, you're the only ones. Just come on up here. And so we just stood there shooting the shit with David Delaraca and Megan's like I was wondering if you'd sign this picture for me and he he wrote on the picture I shot your fucking cat you druggy bitch <laughs> <laughs> and as he's writing it he's mouthing it out I shot your fucking cat you druggy 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 are there two g's in druggy <laughs> I was like I started laughing and Megan goes Here's another question. Does it end in IE or Y? And he goes, I'm just going to write this. This so is where he wrote druggie, D-R-U-G-G-Y. And he goes, if anybody asks, just tell them I'm, I'm as big of an idiot as they say I am. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy. is. Dr- <laughs> so then I, I said, I'd like you to sign a picture for me as well. And he goes, OK. And I said, I, I take these pictures to school and I, I hang them up at school and put them around at school. And he goes, oh. So, I shouldn't write, shut your fat face, Revi. I can't walk to the store and get a pack of smokes without running into deny guys you fucked? No, do that. Do that. School. <laughs> I just, I will not, I have it here at home. It's It's right over here. And it's That'll a, go on the mantelpiece, yeah. <laughs> the Jason That quote, and it's him <laughs> with his hair back and the gun out, and... And he didn't charge an extra 25 bucks to write that, huh? No, he just, mm. and like he, he wrote on the back of Megan's. He's like, it was awesome talking with you guys. It was really nice meeting you. And then signed it again and dated it. Like the dude was awesome. He, <sighs> he exceeded my expectations of <clears throat> what I would want for my wife meeting her first celebrity. Yeah. He, He took it to the next level, and I know when we told you guys the story up at the table, you guys all thought it was great. The way that... You can't make this stuff up. No. It's
1: it's why you keep going back. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, that was my favorite convention moment. Um, It's not even about me, which was okay. It's...
1: No. Your favorite moment from a convention? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well... Mine was hard to pick. Uh, a, because I did a shit ton of conventions this year. <clears throat> I didn't have a free weekend from the middle of September till Thanksgiving this year. So whoever books events for the Ghostbusters needs to knock it off. <clears throat> so, same convention, LCTC 2023. Uh, if I haven't already told you, I'm a bit of a Green Arrow fan. And there has been one holy grail signature for me for my Green Arrow collection. The book that got me into the character, the first proper Green Arrow title I ever read was Green Arrow Quiver by Kevin Smith. Yes, that Kevin Smith, the filmmaker, Clerks, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Viewers Universe, that Kevin Smith. He also writes comic books occasionally. And in the early 2000s, he literally resurrected Oliver Queen in Green Arrow Quiver. Um, (coughs) The book has always had big significance for me. I've got the absolute edition of it down there, which is the giant oversized hardcover with the slipcase, you know, $125 version of it. It's my favorite Green Arrow comic. It's the one that got me into the character. So big deal for me. Years ago, we were at a convention in, uh, in Louisville or Ohio. I forget where. Doing a favor for a buddy. He wanted some Ghostbusters for a panel. He couldn't find anybody, so we came out. I never bothered to look at the guest list because I was just going to do this panel. Kevin Smith was there. I missed getting my autograph. So this year, I was like, thank God, finally, redemption. I can get this thing signed. As luck or fate, whatever, would have it, the day before, Mike Grell was also there. Another famed Green Arrow author and, and uh, illustrator who I've already met before. Jay was there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's here. I can't, I got, I have the guy's entire hundred and some issue run. I got to, and I'm an idiot because I grabbed, I had him sign a variant of a newer comic that he drew the cover for, not his first. It's a whole, anyway. Um, I went and met him again. Had an amazing experience with him. Uh uh he he loved seeing because I was dressed as his version of the character, he loved seeing his version of the character. We talked about that, we talked about archery stuff, we talked about uh Howard Hill and all that. He ended up signing my green arrow quiver, <coughs> which is a cool leather quiver Scott Cox made for me years ago. So I had to retire that quiver, it's on my wall right now, but he signed it, so I can't wear it anymore. So I go to meet Kevin Smith and I'm wearing the same green arrow gear, different quiver. And I go to meet him, and I'm and I, uh, maybe a third of the way back in his line. But I am the only person, to that point, who did not want to talk to him about any of his movies, any of the askew shit, nothing. I was there to talk about Green Arrow, obviously. <clears throat> so I walk up to his line, and this is it was a whole ordeal to get him there. He was supposed to be there a day earlier. Flights got canceled. He ended up being there one day, very limited run. So I'm trying not to take up a lot of time. Cause Kevin Smith is a notorious talker. He'll, he'll he's, he's spent entire two hour shows answering one question. <coughs> so I don't want to take up time, but I get there. i meet him, put the book out and I quickly go into my speech. Cause I want, this has been my whole thing. Dude. I just want to shake your hand and say, thank you for this book and what it meant to me, and it got me into the character, and he's my favorite character, and this run is my favorite run, and I got this spiel out. And Smith just kind of, he's nodding his head and, and signing a bit, and then looks up to me and sees the costume's like, yeah, this ended up having a pretty good run for a while, didn't it? So we started talking about, yeah, man, you know, the, the so-and-so took over after you, Phil Hester, and it was great. Oh, huh, man, I'm just like, <clears throat> I'm just standing there talking green arrow with Kevin Smith, and he is in no fucking hurry. So we're shooting and he's like, give me a around, man. Let me see that costume. I don't see that version of Green Arrow very much. I'm like, yeah, you know, no one does the Mike Girl stuff, everyone does the TV show stuff because you can buy them from China for cheap. And hey, I've got them. I'm not knocking them. Uh, we we're talking that. And as we're talking, he's already signed my book to John. I've already got my sign Green Arrow Cover number one. Mission is accomplished. <clears throat> so this is an icing on the cake story. He goes, Those arrows come out. I'm like, yeah. He's like, we sign an arrow? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want you to sign an arrow. <clears throat> so I, you know, monkey with the tape, because I tape my arrows in and pull an arrow out and kind of signs my goddamn arrow and signs it. It's a it's an arrow, you know, it's a rounded shaft. It's 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 got a varnish on it. He signs it pristinely, like this is not the first time he signed an arrow. <coughs> um, so that was awesome followed by a You Idiot Dope John moment. I'm at a convention months later, Owensboro Con, in October. So Kevin Smith wrote Green Arrow Quiver number one. The illustrator, the guy who penciled all the artwork, is a guy named Phil Hester. Guess who was at Owensboro Con? Phil Hester? Guess who did not look at the guest list again? John So I had Phil Hester sign a really cool art print he did. of It's him drawing every incarnation of Green Arrow. And it was the last print of that uh, uh, artwork he had. But I could have had my Green Arrow Quiver number 1 signed by both Phil Hester and Kevin Smith. So shot myself in the foot on that one. And then honorable mention at Richmond Con, I got to meet Mark Ralston. You don't know the name. That's okay. He was Drake from Aliens and nice. it was a fun small con nobody had a line for anything so when i went up on day two wearing my colonial marine shirt to go meet my because i forgot to bring cash on day one um he again was in no rush so i just started asking him questions about aliens and he started telling me stories about shooting aliens and and him and Jeanette Goldstein coming up with backstories for both uh, him and Vasquez and why their relationship was this like buddy-buddy brother-sister tight relationship but non-romantic relationship <coughs> and in telling stories and anecdotes about Bill Paxton you know running off being a jackass on set because that's Bill Paxton and it was awesome um, but the, the Kevin Smith just, just barely edges that out
0: so dude do you remember that time at LCTC that some random guy loaned you some cash to go buy an alien toy? It was two, sir.
1: And I'm looking at them right now It's my evac fighter, my queen hive playset. And I believe somebody got a nerf pulse rifle out of that deal.
0: That's a fact. That is a fact, Jack. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, all right. Final topic, Jay, and we might yeah. have already covered it. I was going to. What is your nerdiest moment or achievement of the year? The nerdiest <sighs> thing you've done? Ah! Uh, if you need a minute, I can jump in. Well, so no. I, about I to think about it at work today.
0: I I don't know. I think about all the nerdy things that I've done this year, but I want to say my nerdiest achievement had to have been. So I go to LCTC whenever I can. And and I I love going. But there's also a convention in Iowa, Des Moines Con. It used to be run by um Wizard World. Right. And and now Des Moines has taken over for itself. And they they are growing. It was it was for what it was, it was huge this year. And I loved it. And I went in my full Deathstroke regalia. And I'm used to compliments. What I'm not used to, though, is the comments I was getting from, like, teenagers who were telling me that my outfit was fire. Uh, I was just like, okay. I'm on fire? What? Where? what? Where? Um, But no, that's not my nerdy achievement. Okay, okay. My nerdy achievement was having my mom with me. Wearing my Ghostbusters work shirt that said LePage on it. Okay. But the story gets better because I don't think I told you this, John. And if I did, I did, but if I didn't, you're going to love this. Um. So she did that and she loved it. She loved going to the con. She thought she was so much fun. And she knows I, uh, you know, I, I'm part of the Ghostbusters and I have all this stuff. So before um, before Halloween, she calls me and she says, "Hey, are you coming down this weekend?" And I was going there for something, and I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "Can you bring some Ghostbusters stuff with you?" And I was like, "What do you want? Work shirt, flight suit, proton pack, the belt, the what, the PKE meter?" And she goes, "Well, bring the work shirt and bring the shirt, and bring but bring a flight suit and bring your belt." And I said okay, <laughs> and so I took it down to her, and uh, they were doing trunk or treat, so they park in the parking lot of the church and hand out candy to church members, and or kids, or whoever comes to the church to get candy, and they have a costume contest, and mom got second place. What? Dressed, <laughs> dressed in my khaki LePage Ghostbuster <laughs> W? Western Kentucky Ghostbusters flight suit, wearing the belt. And I said, Mom, if you'd have taken the Proton Pack, you'd have gotten first place. So what I'm hearing is we have a mission for next year. And I was so proud that she got second place. And um, I think she said that she had a friend that was dressed as a ghost. So (laughs) perfect. her and the ghost were standing next to each other. And people... We're like, oh my god, Diane! Where did you get this? How did you get it? And so she plugged Western Kentucky Ghostbusters for us so the much Iowa division, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Iowa division. She just she she became an honorary <laughs> member for one night at Trunk Retreat Treat, and just was like, it was It's awesome. We need to
1: get you your own patch, the WKGB Iowa Division patch she loved
0: it she loved telling people that it was oh my son does this and oh my god and to see her to see her at the des moines comic convention walking around just like look at this look at this oh my god look at these people and i'm just like mom if you'd gone to lctc your head would be spinning so that's my nerdy achievement was to nerd out my mom that's awesome so
1: I got my mom to put the uh, the suit on for Halloween last year. This year it got rained out. but <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> this was tough. I do a lot of nerdy shit. <clears throat> but I think it has to come down to, thanks to some very, very cool friends, shout out to Gary and Stephanie, this year, well, by this I mean 2023, there were two Friday the 13ths in 2023. And the first one was in January, and it snuck up the fuck up on us. We, me and Whitney did not. We we totally forgot about it till like two days beforehand. So we had some people over and watch a movie, and that was about it. But I was like, no, nah, this we got to do better than this. We got we got to we have until the next one this year happened to be in October. It's a Friday the thirteenth in friggin' October. Okay, we got to go all out. So thanks to. Uh, uh Gary and Stephanie for loaning us their entire backyard
0: Gary uh, and, Gary's and, husband
1: and hosting yeah and hosting the event um thanks to to Jerry who brought an inflatable movie screen and a speaker and our buddy Murph who loaned us a projector uh and then we decorated the entire backyard to look like Camp Crystal Lake camp signs fake campsites uh everything short of a canoe uh, an archery range, everything went with the whole nine yards with it. Uh, so you walked through the house and the snacks and stuff were there. And all the food and snacks were camp themed. You know, we roasted s'mores on the fire and whatnot. And then we watched two Friday the 13th movies, <clears throat> before which I got to live out my nerdiest of nerd fantasies. I got to give full on Joe Bob Briggs style introductions to two Friday the 13th movies, complete with homemade drive-in totals. Meaning I had to watch the movie and take notes the entire time. (coughs) And, uh, dude, it felt good. It felt real good. Uh, It was a blast. The whole party was fun. I think everyone who, even some of our friends I jokingly call the straights, uh, the ones who aren't super nerdy, came out and, and had a good time. Uh, Just the whole concept of doing a movie in the backyard was fun. And thankfully, the weather held out. It wasn't super cold or rainy or anything. Um, That was awesome. And then I got to surprise everybody. Uh, We started with, I think, part four was the first one we showed. Uh, And between movies, I went inside to use the bathroom and then came back out in full Jason Voorhees regalia. Uh, and scared some people which was fun cuz that costume him super fun but yeah that, i think that was my nerdiest achievement in in 2023 was organizing the backyard Friday the 13th movie party <clears throat> which will be happening again in September of 2024 <coughs> so look for that but yeah nice. that was that was it man that was a great time i think we're going to do a non Friday the 13th movie night We're going to do best worst movie night with troll two in the room.
0: Uh, The black hole.
1: (laughs) We'll add that to the list. Uh, Uh, So with that, that's all I've got for topics, man. All right. All right. So that has been our favorite movies, streaming series, books, games, nerdiest moments, fun convention moments. That has been a look back at our 2023 Uh, let us know in the comments what was your favorite movie book tv show whatever what was the nerdiest achievement you had this year what was your favorite convention moment are there things you want to see us include in our list for the end of next year until then until next year this has been your weekly nerdily